Hey, welcome on into a Tuesday edition of Lunch with Klaibs and Joe here on ClaibsOnline.com, presented by Amber, Illinois, Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and the HomeLoanExpert.com. I'm Joe Roderick, joined alongside by Mike Claiborne, who's down in Tampa, Cardinals, and Rays, a three-game series tonight. And uh, Klaibs, uh, this will probably be, what, your first chance of getting to see Wander Franco up, uh, up close and personal, right? Well, unfortunately, he's not going to play. He's got He's a quad not. injury. He's got oh. a quad injury that should keep him out of the lineup. But uh, I, I'm like you. I was looking forward to watching him. You look at his numbers, man, and you know he doesn't he doesn't strike out a lot. He knows how to draw a walk. Uh, very good fielder. Um, and I know they pin their hopes on him being the, the face of this organization, and rightfully so. But we're going to miss him. And uh, this will be the last. I've been to every major league park. This is the last one for me. I mean, I've been to all of them with the exception of the new one in Texas. Yeah. This is the only one that I hadn't been to yet. And everybody says you didn't miss anything. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, to that, to that this evening. How is that? How has that happened over the, I mean, cause this isn't the first time the Cardinals have gone down to Tampa. Yeah, but it's been a while. And I, I think I'm not sure why I didn't make the trip the last time, but it's been a long time since we've been here. I, I haven't seen the notes on when the last time we were here. I mean, you know, we've been here for for exhibition games with with uh, the Yankees in Tampa, you know, but haven't been in this ballpark. So this is uh, this wasn't planned in the uh, the pre-show meeting that we had. What uh, what is your give me uh, two or three of your favorite ballparks in all of uh, all of baseball that you've you've been to, or I mean, old ones too that have uh, uh, that have since gone away. All the ones that have gone away, I was it was time for them to go, so I don't have any regret about that. Um, San Francisco, when the weather's right, um, Dodger Stadium, San Diego, Seattle, Pittsburgh. Um, that's about it. The rest of them all either like Wrigley Field, which I'm not a fan of because of the, the tight quarters. Um, Fenway, same thing. Um, Philadelphia is kind of, you know, it is what it is. Baltimore, nice park. That's a nice park. Mm-hmm. Um, Yankee Stadium, Yankee Stadium and City Field, I'd never have to go back to again. I'd be fine with it. You know, I like the Marlins Park. Still, nobody's ever there, but I yeah. like their setup. That's, I mean, that's what I mean, 2000, the first few months of 2021, being at Bush Stadium when it was about a third capacity, that was real nice. Like, I can only imagine what it's like being at a Pirates game or a Marlins game every, every day when you, when you saw that at Bush back at the beginning of last yeah. season. Well, you know, they have uh, they average like 16,000 here for Tampa. Uh, there was a big uproar about the uh, Pride Day that they had where they had the biggest crowd of the year was 19,000. So, you know, they're struggling to get people here. They, they've got an issue now going on with the governor who's trying to, you know, he, he's, he wants to get his message across. Um, so they don't really have a lot of support in this area, uh, but I don't know where they can go. Uh, you know, I know that they talk about Montreal, maybe Nashville, but that's three years away minimum. So they're mm. kind of stuck and they have a good team. They got a good organization. You think about all the good players that they turned out. Now, granted, they always drafted early because they were terrible at one point, but they've still found a way to commit to having good players and, and good teams. The problem is once they get to a certain point, they feel like they have to financially move them because they can't afford them, which yeah. I don't believe in because they're sharing that money as well. So they're, they're getting money. They just elect not to spend it. 
Yeah, and attendance is a, a big deal with that too. Even when they're even when they're good, they're not putting what 30, 40,000 in that right. stadium, right? So and nobody's paying attention to them now, Joe, because you got the the Lightning are playing tonight, the Buccaneers, this is their town. You know, then you think about the college programs, you know, the the Rays are like low on the totem pole mm-hmm. as far as fan interest. Yeah. This uh, you you mentioned Wrigley this past weekend. That's where the uh, that's where the Cardinals were a five game series out there, and it it had a it had a really different feel to it because it was managed like a five game series where you were just trying to survive. That that's that, I think that's what I think that was how they looked at the series of just get through here, no injuries, all the arms still intact, and get to that off day on Monday. And kind of reset and go for there for the next uh, what four or five weeks before the All Star break, right? Yeah, um, this is a very challenging time because um, they need to get some arms, they need to get some pitching because you know you you want to find an extra day for Wainwright and an extra day for Miles Michaelis, so you may have to have two bullpen starts this week, okay, um, just to get through this week. Because if you recall, this time last year is when things started to unravel. They couldn't throw strikes. Uh, bullpen was getting burned up every day. Uh, we kind of almost went through that over the weekend. Tip my cap to Ali Marmel and Mike Maddox and how they managed things where they didn't use as many pitches as they thought they were going to have to, but they've got them all ready to go this week, uh, and they're going to need them. Uh, I, as I was, I saw him a little while ago, uh, Genesis, Genesis Cabrera, you know, with that effort he turned in the other night, I said, well, we don't, we won't need you till like Friday or Saturday. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you threw, uh, you know, that, that was incredible in what he was able to do. So he's the only guy I'm sure they'll stay away from, but everybody else should be good to go. And uh, they're going to need him this week. It's a very challenging week. Last week when we did the show, we were, we were talking about, I, I brought up the way that Palante was used out of the, uh, out of the bullpen. And you said last week, you know, what does that tell you? It tells you he's probably a starter. And he came out in game two and he, he started four innings through really well for a, uh, for a spot start. And I I mean, he's not, you know, he's not going to go out there and probably win a Cy Young or anything, but he's a guy that might be in the future of a, uh, of the starting rotation for the team. Well, I think he's going to obviously be looked at down the road for that role. Uh, I think the same thing can be said for Zach Thompson. You know, they stretched him out and he did a nice job. So, and, and you have to think down the road, you have to say to yourself, okay, Wayno's not going to be here next year. Uh, Michaelis is going into the final year of his deal, if I'm not mistaken. So you've got to make some decisions about some people. And, you know, you might as well give these guys a chance before you have to make a real decision and maybe either make a trade or, you know, maybe sign a free agent. So, you know, they, they've got some decisions to make down the road. Have you uh, – you said you ran into uh, Cabrera earlier. A, a lot is going to be talked about this week with the future of uh, Tyler O'Neill and Dylan Carlson with their health. Either one of those guys has it been reported as uh, either one of them on the trip that we know no. of so far? No, I don't expect to see them until we get back to St. Louis. Really? Uh, because I think you need an extra arm on this road trip. Okay. You know, think about they call they they sent out uh, Dickerson, Dickerson got hurt, so yeah, right. So they brought up a pitcher instead mm-hmm. of another outfielder, and I think they feel like they're covered because Donovan can play everywhere. FS has proven he can play in the outfield, so I think they feel like they're covered for the most part. But overall, um, it goes back to pitching. But I, I think it's going to be a very 
interesting decision on who goes out when O'Neill and Carlson are back. Uh, you know, they're going to have their job, but how long they keep it will be up to them. You know, uh, because where you, you, I don't think you can take Donovan out of the lineup right now. I mean, he's doing everything you ask him to do. Um, you know, what does that mean for Gorman? I mean, so there, there's a lot of interesting decisions that have to be made between now and the time those guys return. And I've I've talked about this with Rammer uh, a few times in the past week on uh, on Daily Cards every day here on, on Klabes Online. When you look at Newt Bar, who was struggling so much, and then last Wednesday, I don't know if you saw Klabes when, and, and that Wednesday afternoon game against the Padres, Newt Bar hit into that double play in his first at-bat. The ball was like 101 off the bat. And then his next time up, it he hits a line drive out to the right fielder, and I think it was like 99.7 off the bat and you see those and you go, God, those are, those are balls right there. You keep hitting balls that hard. They're going to find gaps. They're going to find the ground and that average is going to rise. And since that game on Wednesday, that this weekend in Chicago, he, he went on a little bit of a mini tear this weekend, hitting the ball and not saying he's going to take a spot away from any of the guys there, but he, you know, he might've elevated himself over Corey Dickerson and before Dickerson got hurt. Oh, well, I, I think you make a good point, but there's five million reasons on why Corey Dickerson might last longer than him. You made a point about him having a mini run. It was very many. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if there was enough there to warrant him staying. No, um, and that's not – he's definitely, I think, the first guy out. When you look at everybody else on the team, I would think that it, I think it's a pretty easy decision that he's the first one heading back down to Memphis to get every day at bats. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think you got a couple of question marks regarding your pitchers as well. Remember, coming up this month, you know, you have to reduce it by one pitcher. Yeah. And uh, who is that going to be? I've got an idea who, who it might be, but he might go before then. So you got some real things to decide on here over the next week or two uh, on how you shape your club going into July get a good look in July, part of August, and then you decide what else do we need down the stretch. And when you look at that, you say to yourself, well, we could always use more pitching. Yeah, you sure can. I don't want another guy who is a spare part somewhere else and really can't help you. He just he eats up innings. You need a bona fide guy that can go out and give you a chance to win. Um, because I think when you look at the bullpen, it's pretty set. I mean, you know, you think about uh, – you think about all those things that go into it, and it's just one of those deals where they've got to make some some hard decisions and and really kind of project what guys are going to be able to do down the road. Um, you know, is Helsley a two inning reliever? You know, you mentioned Pilante. Is he a starter? I mean, there there's some things that they've got to come to grips with. And what do you do with Jake Walsh and and Thompson, uh, those guys, and what they can contribute? So. Uh, and Packy Naughton is another guy we haven't talked about. So they've got some, they got, they've got some things to do uh, before the roster reduction takes place. About one third of the way through the season so far for the Cardinals on pace to win. I think it's I think I saw what 93, 94 games somewhere around there um, on the year. So I, I think that is, you know, you kind of look at a 91 team making the postseason. If you're getting close up there to 95, I, I think Cardinal fans everywhere will take a, a 95 win season heading into the playoffs, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that says a lot about your season. And it won't be hard to do considering mm-hmm. you've got Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in your division. Uh, you're getting through the bulk of your schedule now, the tough part. 
I mean, you don't see the West Coast teams until I believe uh, uh, September. Maybe it's a August. late run, yeah. It's a late. Yeah. Um, it's late when they go out and play in San Diego and L.A. It's one of the last road yeah. trips of the season. So you you have a chance to make some hay. Now, granted, you got to play the Yankees. That's one series. Uh, you got to go to Baltimore, and even though Baltimore was good here, I, I really kind of feel like you learn from that. So you'll be able to be in better shape against them. Uh, and uh, the other teams are all beatable. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't play the Mets anymore. You got to play the Braves, and the Braves are trying to find themselves. But when you look at the schedule, you're saying, "Oh, yeah, we should be really good. We should get to 92, 94 wins." Yeah, the, well, the Phillies are in July. I think that's one. You don't know what's going on with them right now. No, you it, really don't. It's right. especially now that they have a new a new manager there, and, mm-hmm. and they saw some early success there. Which you, you saw, you know, I thought for a while, I thought, okay, Girardi, that you understood why he was let go. I thought maybe Matheny was next up on the hot seat, but. He could be. I, I tell you what, though, Joe Madden went and uh, lit a fire underneath him these past two weeks, 12 straight losses for the Angels. You cannot lose 12 straight games when you have two of the most exciting players in baseball on your team. Well, throw yeah, throw in Rondon as well. I mean, yeah. they've got some real good talent. Um, they'll get it figured out. I, I, I believe Joe can get it turned around. But um, there are some teams out there that are at a crossroads. And, you know, I, I think Mike Matheny could be in a little trouble. Um, because they were supposed to be the team that broke through this year. Mm-hmm. They're in a very weak division, and uh, they, they're having some tough times right now, and I'm just not sure how much longer they can roll with that. Now, I know they've had some injuries, but when it's all said and done, they still still aren't producing like they should. Final Cardinal thoughts. Uh, your your assessment on the performance of Ali Marmol when he was ejected from the game Saturday afternoon. Loved every minute of it. <laughs> he got his money's worth. And, yeah, he uh, and he was right. That's the thing. Yes. It's, it's one thing if there's a bang-bang play and you're not sure, you're just sticking up for your guy. Uh, this was clear, clear evidence. Yeah. That, and if you looked at his report card after the game, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. And just talking to other people about him, they say he's been that way. He said, why do you think you guys never in postseason play? So I guess the union can protect them to a point. But I got to be honest with you. I'd rather have a young umpire who's trying to figure it out, miss that call, compared to a guy who's just around because he's being protected. He can't do the job. Can't live up to it. So, yeah. you know, that, that's that's where we're at with it. Speaking of umpires that can do the job, new episode, 5460, the Joe West podcast, dropped yesterday our interview with Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Bulls. Claves, as a kid growing up in the south side of Chicago, um, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, I absolutely loved being able to sit backstage for that interview with Jerry and listen to his stories about buying the Bulls and his stories about Frank Thomas and Bo Jackson and the 2005 World Series. And from what talking to friends of mine in the Chicago media, claims the stories that Jerry told us, they have never heard before. These are guys that work for rights holders up in Chicago for the White Sox that have never heard some of the stories. When I told them, yeah, he told this story, and they were like, I've never heard that one before. So that's how few, that's how little Jerry Reinsdorf talks to people and does interviews. So if you are a fan of NBA or uh, or MLB, you don't even have to be a fan of the White Sox or the Bulls. That Jerry Reinsdorf interview was something else. Well, I agree with you, and I had a couple phone calls yesterday from some friends in Chicago who had a chance to listen. And they were like 
flabbergasted by the things he said. I mean, he wasn't being mean spirited or anything, but they just didn't know. They never heard that from him mm -hmm. before. So uh, kudos to Joe West and his relationship with Jerry. It was, it was good. Yeah, and I think that speaks too. If you haven't checked out the interview, if you haven't checked out the podcast yet and you think, oh, Joe West, I hated him as an umpire. I don't want to listen to him talk. Uh, this is th These are relationships that he has with people who you might have thought were controversial relationships that he had with these guys over the years that are now, you know, he's now friends with and now able to get exclusive interviews with. So go, uh, go check him out a lot there. Go to Spotify and search 5460, the Joe West podcast and see everything that we've been doing over there. We take a break when we come back more of lunch with Klaibs and Joe right here which is uh, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura, and also sponsored by thehomeloanexpert.com. I'm with the Home Loan Experts, James and Jason Gillespie. They're a father and son combination. James, you guys not only do great work with mortgages, you also do great work in the community. That is correct, Mike. We have several programs for the community where we're out helping the community as well. Isn't that right, Jason? You're right, Dad. We are doing a ton of work in the community. But we're also doing a ton of work helping home buyers refinance and buy homes. All you have to do is give us a call. Hey, coming up on Friday, June 10th, the Cardinals host the Reds. It's their next home game back at Bush Stadium. And that night, 25,000 fans ages 16 and older will take home a Nolan Arenado jersey, courtesy of Scott Credit Union. Get your tickets today at cardinals.com slash promotions. And uh, I think that's also the same weekend they have the Cardinals kid. Uh, that Sunday is the uh, the kid Nolan Arenado jersey. So go uh, get your tickets for the series against the Reds, uh, the whole weekend series, and get yourself a few Nolan Arenado jerseys for the entire family. Go to cardinals.com slash promotions. <laughs> My name is Jeremy Sibri. I am one of the owners of Pawford K9. Marcus Galmore, co-owner of Pawford K9. What makes us different from other dog companies is there is no breed left behind. We stand by that 120%. We specialize in aggressive behavior modification. We don't turn away. We bring them in for a free, free evaluation to see if we can help the dog. Here at Pawford K9, we focus on the owners educating the owners. How do I get this dog to give me the behaviors that I'm asking for without the treats? Mm -hmm. So that's when me and Marcus come in. We train the dog, so when you take the dog home, you don't need the treats. The dog is doing it because you're asking it to. After each training package, we go through a series of lessons. We keep going until the owner gets it. We make sure that they go over the beatings with their dog, and that dog is listening before they, before they leave here, but also we follow up when they get home. Is your pup listening to you here? If it's not, we one phone call away, we'll make a trip. We got the Pawfick Mobile where we go out to their homes and make sure their dog is okay. Hey, back here, lunch with Claves and Joe here on ClavesOnline.com, powered by Amron, Illinois, driven by Munganath St. Louis Acura, and also sponsored by TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Joe Roderick, Mike Claiborne, here with you for about 10 more minutes. And Claves, as much as I do want to talk NBA Finals, the, the this new golf league, this new golf organization that is uh, starting to take uh, take over all of the headlines in the sports world, it's um it's becoming quite a talking point right now. The the live the LIV the live tour, 
um, that is uh, that is about ready to get started up. That I guess Phil Mickelson and Greg Norman kind of put on the map. But now they're they're starting to attract some big name golfers. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if anybody that they brought in moves the needle that much. I mean, because Dustin Johnson was a guy who didn't say much on the tour. I mean, nobody really knows him. And there's some guys on the tour that don't like him for other reasons other than golf. So I didn't find him to be, I know he's a linchpin because he's won a major and all that. But, you know, you look at the other guys who were probably uh, guys who were in the 120, 125 range as far as, you know, guys on the tour money-wise. So I'm not sure if it's moving the needle as much as I think people thought it would. You know, Phil Mickelson's got his own set of issues, and we don't know if he can even play anymore because it's been so long since we've seen him play. Greg Norman doesn't play very much anymore. So I, I, I look at it as something we need to wait and see on. I commend them for really taking the jump and giving the PGA some competition uh, because the money they're throwing around is insane. And, and I think it also says to the PGA, you need to step it up yourself as far as raising the purses and making sure that you have competent players on your tour as well. So it, it's going to be something that's going to take time. But I guess this will probably be a four to five year investment. Uh, by the backers of this league. And, uh, it, you know, it, it could be good for the golfers. Now, the question is, how am I going to watch it in the U.S.? Because the PGA is, has relationships with all the major networks. And I'm sure they're going to say, if you carry them, you won't carry us. So you got that to deal with. And so I think what you have to look at is where can they put this program on? You know, it's going to probably be a non-sports network, I would think. Uh, because, you know, PGA is embedded with just about all the other sports networks. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think who who they would. Uh, do they have – are they on uh, – I mean, we, Masters obviously on CBS. They have NBC. Are they still with Fox? Is that still – That could be, relationship that could be an outlet. That could be an outlet. Yeah, but it's – and, you know, I, I understand – the money they have to throw around would not be possible without the Saudi Arabia backing. And I get that's where all the controversy lies. Do you think this would be as controversial if Saudi Arabia wasn't involved? No. Um, let's just put it this way. If this was some other country that wanted to throw the money in that we, we've, you know, we look at in a different light, I don't think it would be as much of an issue. Now they come up with some other reasons but, you know, we talk about um, them and their human rights issues. Well, we, we got our own set of human rights issues in this country. We just don't talk about it in the same vein. Right. Uh, and so, you know, if they want to use that as a political backdrop, then be my guest. But understand that they, they could point the finger at us and say, well, what about you? What about all your issues in your country? Yeah. So, you know. But I really think, and I agree with you, I think if it wasn't the Saudis backing this, I don't think you'd see as much pushback about human rights. They would probably find some other way to to try and negate their impact uh, and how that would be. You know, they get creative because the PGA is not used to having any competition. And everybody's scared of them, you know, so they don't want to lose the events that they have. So this is going to open up a, a huge door for a lot of golfers to make more money and make it even more competitive. Yeah, that, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, Dustin Johnson was just offered what two hundred million, two hundred thirty-five million. I thought it was there over two hundred that they that they offered him. Uh, I thought it was one hundred thirty-five million. But and, you know what? Somewhere between one hundred thirty-five million and two hundred million is a lot of money. 
Yeah, and, and you know what? But his sponsors dropped. Uh, a lot of his sponsors dropped off because not only did they not want to be associated with this, they also aren't going to get the TV time anymore. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing right there. Yeah. No, you're no, right. You know, nobody's going to see that logo, those sponsorships anymore. And some of the other names that are there, Dustin Johnson, Sergio Garcia, Martin Keimer, Graham McDowell, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Charles Schwartzel, Lee Westwood. Those are all the names, you know, just a few of the names that have been thrown out there and along with Mickelson and Greg Norman. And they're they're going big. They're trying. They the reported nine-figure deal that they offered to Tiger Woods to come over. But I think Tiger's smarter than that to know what would have what some of the ramifications because now these guys aren't – they had to resign from the PGA in order to play in this. Yeah, I mean, for a guy like Tiger, I don't know where it makes sense for him. I mean, he's already got more money he's ever going to spend. Um, so to tear his drawers, so to say, with the PGA doesn't help his situation in his future. And we don't know how long this league is going to last. Yeah. We know the PGA is going to be around no matter what. Yeah, they uh, the first tournament is this weekend in London, England. Um, and I don't I, I don't know if it's televised. I mean, I guess can you watch it on YouTube? Can you do Twitter? Maybe they got StreamYard that they're they're going to put it out on there and you can watch it on Twitter. I don't know. Maybe we'll uh We'll find out this weekend on that. Yeah, I, I think that that's the key factor. Uh, how are you going to put it on where people can see it and take into the account that, you know, if you're going to play over in Europe, the time difference really puts you up against some very challenging opportunities as far as watching it in the States. And again, I don't know how they're going to make this any different than what we normally see if, with regard to golf. I understand they're going to trick it up a little bit and maybe some of those things they'll do. We may see, well, we won't see the PGA implement them because it's like college football won't implement certain rules that the NFL has and vice versa. They don't want to look like a copycat. So um, I think it gives the PGA, a ch- I mean, this this uh, 54 golf tournament to uh, maybe make some things interesting on the amateur level as far as rules and certainly for the casual golfer. And I think the first thing they've done is made it already interesting. It's only three rounds. Yeah. You know, who watches golf on Thursday? Nobody. So, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Klaibs, um, before we, we get out of here, you and I both were, uh, were in Chicago this weekend, so we were not at the NASCAR event at Gateway, but I'm, I'm sure you've talked to people about it uh, from uh, and their reactions to what St. Louis brought to the NASCAR world this weekend. Uh, how, how do you think it went over? I understand it went over great. And I'm sure NASCAR is looking to come back here. Um, congratulations to everybody who worked really hard in putting this event together. I understand the weather was spectacular. Uh, the drivers, I know one driver in particular was very happy with the setup. And I think we may see him back in this neck of the woods in the very near future. Uh, but overall, I, I thought uh, it was great. It was great for the area. You know, that's the largest event we're going to have in the area, period, as far as fans are concerned. So uh, mm-hmm. kudos to them. And I hope they can expand and maybe – you can't do Formula One on that track, but maybe the IndyCar racing will be part of it as well. Klaibs, uh, I know you went and saw Top Gun last night. What did you think of it? I was thoroughly entertained. I enjoyed it. Uh, they tied up a lot of loose ends with regard to the previous movie. And uh, I think anybody who goes will get a kick out of it. I've, I have seen the original Top Gun one time. That's one time I've seen it. I don't have like I don't have a desire to to go see this one. Maybe when it comes out streaming that's uh, not going to happen tom cruise has already made it clear if you want to see it it's going to have to be at the movie theater i mean two years from now 
Well, if you want to wait that last, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not in any hurry. But I don't, but you know what? I'm not sure if that's going to happen though. Seriously, it may be two years from now. I don't because Tom Cruise, basically, this movie has saved the film, the the theater industry, because you know people are going back in droves. I mean, they're setting records box office wise, but that's a little tricky too because, you know, they talk about well, they made 124 million in in a weekend. Yeah, but the prices are more expensive. The tickets are more expensive. So are you still having the same amount of people? Or are there more people coming? Or is it because the ticket prices have been raised? That's why you see a larger income. Yeah, well, the Jurassic World people are going to get my money this weekend. Uh, already. I saw the previews of that. that. I um, saw uh, the previews of that. Yeah, that now, that's, that's something for me that I only needed to see once. Yeah, see? it's uh, you know I gotta, It'll wrap up the, uh, the series for me for uh for that clebs you're down in uh tampa this week who do, who do you yeah. have on the uh the pregame this week i don't know that's what i'm working on when i'm done talking to you <laughs> all right well i will let you go and all get right. to work on uh on all of that as we say goodbye to you and wrap up another edition of lunch with clebs and joe right here on clebsonline.com Brought to you each and every week by Amron, Illinois, Munganass, St. Louis, Acura, and the HomeLoanExpert.com. If you missed any of the show today, you should uh, will be able to either rewatch it or go and find the audio version on any podcast site. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Joe Roderick. We'll talk to you soon. At St. Louis Acura, new inventory is arriving daily, both new and pre-owned. Our buying team adds a higher level of personalized service that others can't match. We sell over 100 pre-owned vehicles monthly, and many of these are matched by our buying teams in Missouri and Illinois. As new Acura production ramps up, be one of the lucky ones to try the newest Type S models now available. Performance has never been so stylish and comfortable. St. Louis Acura remains committed to becoming better than ever for you.